with hashtag SFM Talking Point. Well, our thinking point for this morning is focusing on the issue of medical tourism. Joining us is Dr. Unati Sonwabile Henama. Is He's a professor, uh, he's a tourism lecturer, rather, at the Tswana University of Technology. Dr. Henama, good morning. Uh, good morning, Kathy, and I receive. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it also means you must receive a whole lot of hours of, you know, putting in that work. So if you're up for it, go for it, you know. <laughs> Dr. Henama, firstly, just for the benefit of our listeners as well, let's talk about South Africa and medical tourism. Um, I discovered just a couple of years ago that South Africa is actually quite a popular destination for medical tourism, and we don't have to to look far and perhaps we don't even see it in that way just looking at the SADC region uh, to begin with uh, in terms of how many people come to the country to have all sorts of medical procedures yes South Africa has got a world-class uh, private healthcare system which caters for the needs of a lot of people from the African continent and you also see a growth in the past 10 years of people coming from Western countries especially Britain the US you find that there might be a long waiting period to do a procedure and long waiting line. So they decide that, let me rather come and do the procedure in South Africa. And mm-hmm. then their medical aid would pay for their travel to South Africa, for their stay here, and for their hospitalization. And you actually find that the cost of coming to do the procedure in South Africa is much more cheaper had they done it in their own country. Mm-hmm. So they, this, this is a big move make people to come to countries where there is a low currency and they can get world-class health care. Mm. And you're basically saying that the lack of vaccine is contributing to the losses when it comes to um, the kind of benefits or, or profits that could have been der- derived in this in this period. I mean, Kathy, let's be honest. Um, had the private sector been allowed to vaccinate, they would have also offered the vaccination for people from many other countries to arrive in South Africa, come to our world-class hospitals and get the vaccine. So mm-hmm. the only reason government is not allowing the private sector to do this because the private sector will vaccinate at a faster pace than government and do it more efficiently and also be able to offer to non-South Africans this vaccine. But do you, do you not think that part of the reason why government is not doing uh, is not going the route that you're saying, and it's not just unique to South Africa; it's been global, has been around issues of 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 access that it's better to have almost centralized negotiations and procurements. I prefer Casey because the the most dangerous thing in South Africa is COVID. Mm. If the private sector wants to procure, for example, the mines want to procure or there are people that work for them, mm. including their families. Uh, the medical aides are willing to vaccinate their entire membership, and what is remaining, you will give to the uh, public health care system for free. So our common enemy is COVID. We must stop playing politics about these things. The private sector is a partner to government, but government is not a partner to the private sector when it comes to the vaccination program. Mm. Of course, the, the other issue that is raised just by the private sector being allowed to get involved in, in procuring vaccines and distributing them is that in a country like South Africa, we are going to end up with a situation where those who are 
wealthy or those who are part of the middle class are able to access vaccines, whereas those who are not won't be. Look at this this week, Cassie. Those who've got medical aid will get faster vaccination had the private sector been allowed to procure. But then we know that the state has got this fiscal challenge. We don't have money as a state. Mm. So it means that there would be better utilization of funds by the public health care system to focus on the poorest or the poor. But now imagine you're vaccinating somebody who's got medical aid, whereas the medical aid was willing to pay for that. That's actually a waste of money. Actually, if you take it to Parliament, this would be a wrong use of money. But Mr. Hinama, the, the, the medical aid schemes have said their members have approved to contributing, yes, to some vaccines, but there's no guarantee that everybody would have received a vaccine if these vaccines were being procured by the private sector. Remember, each and every member has the right to either accept to get a vaccine, so nobody is forced. It's, it's voluntary the issue of vaccination. But the most important thing is to speed up vaccination. A country like Zimbabwe, with less uh, resources from a healthcare perspective, mm. compared to South Africa, has got a faster vaccination program. Actually, in the big falls area in Zimbabwe, they are already saying that they are nearing more than 60% vaccinating all the staff members and all the citizens, so they actually will be open for tourism. Well, you know, I was looking at this advisory that has been issued, South Africa Travel Advisory, and, um, you know, this particular advisory was issued by um, the U.S. Um, US State Department in Washington. And just, just listen to what it says. It says, do not travel to South Africa due to COVID-19. Exercise caution in South Africa due to crime, civil unrest, health and drought. Now, it also goes on further to say violent crime such as armed robbery, rape, carjacking, mugging and smash and grab attacks on vehicles is common. There's a higher risk of violent crime in the central business districts of major cities after dark. Demonstrations, protests and strikes occur frequently and they can deepen quickly without prior notification. That's just part of what this alert to potential travelers to the country is saying. I mean, do you think somebody would want to come to a country after receiving this kind of warning? (laughs) Well, Casey, the first thing, what America wrote on that advisory is the truth, is the reality. So what America wrote is the truth. But even though tourists want to come to South Africa, we must always inform them, just like in any city in the world, there are safer areas and unsafer areas. But the unfortunate thing is that these areas deemed unsafe are where we want tourists to go, where their expenditure will flow to the poorest of the poor. For example, if you look at the character of crime in Cape Town, the majority of the crime are in these areas that we don't regard as non-tourism areas. And that is where we want the tourists to go for them to have an interaction with the true South Africa, not for them to get an artificial sense of South Africa. So now crime therefore drives away the tourists from the central business districts to the high-end areas, of which we obviously do not want because we want the tourism dollar to benefit everybody in the country. By the looks of it, it looks like brand South Africa is in the slumps. Well, Cassie, 
I'm not saying it's in the slums. Everybody has got a responsibility to promote our country appropriately. But in tourism, there's this one thing, Katie, which always just is the, the truth. If the towns and cities are good enough for the people to stay there, the tourists must natural, will naturally come to those destinations. So we as South Africa have to fix these wrong things, these things of rampant crime rate, these issues of protest. We have to resolve these fundamental issues. But it does not stop us from attracting tourists. But unfortunately, when we attract tourists, tour operators will tell them these areas are not safe. And oh. then that is where the purpose of the poor stay. All right, Dr. Unati Sonwabile Henama is a tourism lecturer at the Tswane University of Technology. I guess there are no surprises when it comes to that travel advisory, but what do you make of it? You know, just reading it, I thought, geez, if somebody doesn't know South Africa and this is all they think of us, they, they will have no reason to actually want to come here. How do we begin to change that? And it is part of our lived reality, but how do we begin to change it? I'll be taking your calls after the latest 9.30 news headlines.